0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wrapping with Reef Bum. I'm your host, Keith Burkelhammer. Well, on today's live stream, I welcome Levi Peterson, also known as the Oddball Reefer on Instagram and YouTube. Hey, what's up there, Levi?
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Thanks for joining. So, <clears throat> yes, Levi is young. He actually just graduated high school last year, but... He is a very impressive reef keeper who has become very well versed in keeping non-photosynthetic corals or NPS and he has actually written a guest article for reef builders, has been featured in Reef Hobbyist magazine and he works for Chris and Amanda Meckley at ACI Aquaculture. So but before we start chatting with Levi I want to thank the sponsors for the show. Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine. I really appreciate these companies supporting the live stream. And I also appreciate you folks tuning in and um, supporting and participating in the live stream. As uh, always, please hit that like button, smash it. So more people can find the live stream and and join the conversation. And as always, I encourage you folks to uh, drop your comments in the chat. Ask questions. We have uh, we have Levi here. This is going to be a very very cool show. I'm really psyched, uh, Levi, that you could uh, take yourself uh, away from ACI. I, I hear you guys are getting a, a shipment in tonight, so um, you're actually going to be going back to work after we're done with this live stream, right? Yep. 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 All right, man. So you're young, right? But um, you're all in on reef keeping, and i um, just kind of curious how it all started for you. How, how did you kind of get into this whole thing?
1: So um, I've been keeping aquariums ever since I was a young kid. I've had an aquarium in my room since I was like a baby. Um, we ended up moving to southern Michigan when I was young, and I wanted to get my own tank. And I started out with a freshwater Oscar tank, and then I slowly graduated to a 55-gallon, and then I started a 75-gallon mixed reef. And then I decided to change it all up and jump into something that was a little more uncommon. Uh, I started doing my NPS reef and it turned out really well for me. Um, I definitely missed that reef. It was one of the best reef tanks I've ever kept in my life. I still enjoy NPS to this day. i got a little NPS tank in the other room here. But that's kind of how I started. Took off from
0: there. Yeah, Reefkeeper mentions that uh, if I'm not mistaken, Levi just got married. If so, congratulations. Yes, congratulations are in order, right? Thank you. Yeah, wow. So uh, you got a lot going on, man. Um, All right, so explain to us the oddball reefer thing. What's that all about?
1: Um, I was originally known as the NPS reefer, but I started jumping in, especially once I moved down here to some different corals. Um, I've always loved the Caribbean. Uh, I jumped into some more gorgs I've always loved keeping just gorgonians in general and I fell in love with the Caribbean I've been diving the Florida Keys for a long time now so um I got the Caribbean reef behind me just a mixed reef with a lot of Caribbean creatures in there and then I keep a little NPS tank got a little frag tank in that room as well and then a small little nano reef over here so I kind of do a little bit of everything
0: yeah so you you uh you you gave me some video of the um of the um caribbean reef behind you there and we're going to show that and then you're going to kind of do a little walk around give us a little tour of all the other uh tanks you're uh you're talking about there so um yeah man you almost have as many tanks as i do and and i've been in the hobby for almost 30 years so uh yeah you're uh you're definitely all in um so what do your friends think of this uh reef keeping hobby of yours
1: um, all throughout high school they thought it was a little weird, but as I started gaining a lot more attention and stuff on Instagram and stuff, people were like, Wow, this is legit. Like then they started noticing my accomplishments and stuff and all the teachers were pretty amazed. Um, especially the English teacher with the magazines and stuff, he was pretty impressed, so I mean, in the long run they ended up like congratulating me and like saying, Wow, I couldn't believe just an aquarium could turn into this. And yeah. I'm so blessed that it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: so um all right you you mentioned that uh, you you grew up in Michigan so how long have you been in Florida
1: I moved to Florida it's probably been a little over six months now
0: that's it six months
1: yeah Wow yep. moved down here July in, well, in and one little <laughs> like towards the end of June and I started work in July and I've been here ever since so
0: any any uh, particular reason to uh, to make the move or
1: um chris and amanda offered me a job and it's literally one of like it's been a jo- like a dream job of mine for a long time to work with coral and it popped up and i took, took the wow job.
0: man so you left uh you left home basically to come down to florida yeah. work for uh for chris and amanda wow that's that takes guts man at that age yeah. you know at 18 right did you take the job when you were 18 or was it 19 yes i did wow man that's impressive all right so um Let's uh, let's dig in a little bit in terms of the tanks that you have there. I'm gonna um, <clears throat> I'm gonna play the video of the Caribbean uh, reef, and I, I'm I'm really digging this tank. You know, it's it's a very simple looking um, setup, but just kind of tell us a little bit about the um, you know what's in there and, and the equipment, and we can kind of dig in a little bit.
1: Okay, um, a good portion of this tank is stuff that I've actually collected personally when I've taken trips down to the Keys. Um, I really like gorgonians It's kind of nice when get to go down with the keys with a couple of my friends down there they have licenses and I'm able to go out and kind of pick and choose a few corals that I think would look really good in my setup um for the most part I got a lot of gorgonians in here from the Caribbean as well as some like zoanthids, rock flower anemones, neglecta mushrooms, or, um not Rodactus, um then a few other scattered invertebrates um believe it or not The hardest thing to get for the caribbean tank is the fish um collecting fish down there is very challenging and it's actually very hard to find people that are actually out there collecting um especially going to local fish stores, you might find the caribbean fish here and there but it's actually kind of hard to come by uh so i got a buddy down there that's been doing lots of collecting for a long time and he tends to supply most of my fish so um so
0: you're you're basically you're you're basically allowed to collect um what what's in that tank is pretty much being collected by uh by you or friends, or is it stuff that's yes. uh, interesting? Very cool.
1: So um I do have a few uh Caribbean hard corals in there, and that is only because I've a, I've been able to acquire them off of aquaculture live rock from like Tampa Bay Saltwater, and there's a couple companies down on the keys that have live rock plots.
0: Yeah, I so, um <laughs> I actually just picked up um a little over a year ago about 100 pounds from uh, KP Aquatics I love it it's great okay. stuff you know they um <clears throat> they shipped it to me in water so it was a little bit more expensive to do that but um when the rock arrived there was just a whole bunch of life on it you know um serpent starfish oh, yeah. and some pistol shrimp there might still be one or two pistols uh, in there in the <laughs> tank right now I had a couple of mantis shrimp that were, uh, you know, but I, I dipped them in a high, uh, you know, uh, salinity, um, you know, uh, solution of water there that uh, flushed most of the uh, the critters out. Is that something that you had to do as well, or did you just, like, I don't care what's yes, in there?
1: Yes, I definitely did that, um, and there's a certain, couple rocks that I didn't really like how they looked, so I actually just took them to a saw and kind of cut off the things that I'd like in the, the aquarium. Um, but other than that, there's a couple pieces that are still left in here. Uh, but yeah, I definitely did them through a little bit of a dip, so I could not have those crazy critters in my reef.
0: So yeah, um, well, you got uh, Chris or Amanda or both that are uh, watching us right now. ACIA cultures in the house. Um, Dottie's adventures. Levi with big moves. Amazing work, bro. Proud of you. Um, all right man so tell us about um, tell us about what you got in terms of lighting and and uh, you know skimming if you got a skimmer on that tank sump wise what do you got going on equipment wise
1: <clears throat> um, so the lights right here um, I went with what I could afford uh, I just moved down here so I didn't have too much um, I got Viper Spectras they're actually a black box light um, but so far they've been doing me real well all my corals are happy and healthy um, in terms of that I also got some Octopulse twos here. I really like the Octopulse. I like the Reef Octo brand. Um, we got a, a Clearwater scrubber down below, um, as well as a, a Pro Clear Aquatic sump. So yeah, that's pretty much what I got going right now. I do not have a skimmer. The uh, um, Clearwater scrubber pretty much takes care of that. What um,
0: so what what what's your kind of maintenance routine with that tank? You know, in terms of water changes and and what do, what are do you uh, doing on a regular basis Yeah. Um,
1: Usually I do water changes about bi-weekly. I mean, I pretty much go on parameters um, as well as just trying to keep the water clean and healthy. Um, but bi-weekly is usually what I do. Usually I do, like, 20% water change.
0: Nice. Uh, thanks, Rob, upstate New York. Appreciate that super chat. Yeah. Um, so did, did that tank – so that tank's a young tank as well, right? I mean, obviously you just moved to Florida, so it's, um, it's, it's a relatively uh, young tank. Did, yep. did it go through uh, an ugly stage?
1: Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, the first month I set it up, uh, I got the sand rocking. I started cycling it. I had major diatoms for about a month and a half, mm. um, I, especially after I started adding a couple invertebrates. I mean, I was really struggling with the diatoms. But over time, that ugly stage obviously cleared out. Um, the scrubber helped out a lot. Um, but in terms of that, it's turned out and it's doing really well right now
0: yeah i I really really uh i like it a lot um it's it's a beautiful uh you know look very natural uh you know look in terms of with that sand bed and and the um the nps corals so how did you become attracted to um nps corals why why that stuff i mean i you know when when i was like first starting out as a reef keeper I tried, you know, a couple of Gorgonians and, and, um, didn't really have any long-term success with them. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I didn't feed my tank, yes. anything special, but, um, how did you, um, kind of get into that stuff?
1: So, uh, Reefapalooza 2019, I believe in Chicago, um, I was walking around there. I was able to go because the Reef Nutrition gave me a pass, um, got to walk around and I Picked out a few corals, and then I saw this, uh, it was a Diodegorgia. it's a Caribbean Gorgonian. Um, It was non-photosynthetic, and I just thought it was so weird looking, like it was an odd shape, (laughs) it was just different, and I was like, hmm, let's try that, let's get in my reef tank. I honestly didn't do much research before purchasing it, I purchased it, learned right after that it eats lots of food, Chad helped me out with that a lot, and ever since then I started going further and further into that, and... Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I mean, I started getting into chili corals, then I got into dendroneptias, lots of different species of gorgonians. I mean, it went on from there. So
0: yeah, you know that's interesting because um, I don't know. I, I I don't know a lot of reef keepers that that keep um, NPS corals, but maybe, you know that's because I'm a uh, I'm an SPS uh, nut. Maybe I'm just uh, blinded mm-hmm. to other pe- what other people are doing. But um, I just it seems like there's not a lot of folks out there that keep NPS only tanks is that uh
1: no not, not really not.
0: yeah
1: i mean it's definitely lots of maintenance you gotta feed practically constantly i fed my tank about four times a day uh morning once in the early morning or late morning uh pretty much around lunchtime, and then towards the end of the afternoon so i got fed quite frequently for sure
0: uh, so you're basically target feeding or broadcast feeding Um,
1: I broadcast fed most of everything except for like the tabastrias and the dendros. I target fed them.
0: Bahama llama coral, hey Remy, Levi is the man, exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so uh, is it a struggle in terms of, um, trying to keep nutrients in check when you're feeding your corals that, that much, or is the water changes, uh, helping with that?
1: Water changes were definitely key with that tank. Um, I did water changes on my NPS reef up in Michigan probably once, sometimes twice a week with mm. how bad the nutrients was until I was able to acquire a clear water scrubber. Um, the scrubber changed. I, I, once I had the scrubber, I was probably doing water changes about once every week. I mean, that, that made it a lot easier for me because it was definitely mm. high maintenance, but I really enjoyed the tank, so it was well worth it. Uh, but the scrubber definitely helped out. Tremendous.
0: So what, what are your nutrients at right now, like nitrates and phosphates? What were what they?
1: Uh... Uh, this tank right now, I just tested the uh, nitrates. They're right around five. Um, I just did a water change not too long ago. Um, phosphates, I have not checked the phosphates in a few days. I can't recall what they were. And they're like point 0.1. They, they're quite low. Um, like I said, with the clear water scrubber, it pretty much takes care of most of that, which is very nice and convenient. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So, yeah, you know it, it. It's interesting in terms of all the uh, the food you're feeding. How did how did you get connected to uh, to Reap Nutrition? How did you um, make that um, contact?
1: So uh, Chad actually reached out to me. He saw what I was doing and thought it was pretty cool, and he wanted to support it. So it went on from there, and he's been supplying my food, and I've been using this food faithfully ever since. I think it's been over two years now. So yeah.
0: Wow, and and um. So you've, you've been going to some trade shows and, and whatnot to um, hang yeah. out with the uh, Reef Nutrition folks. Chad Clayton, you're talking yep. about at Reef Nutrition.
1: Yeah, my first show was in 2019. It was right before COVID. It was Reef Pluge Chicago. I believe it was 2019. Maybe it was 2018. I honestly can't remember. Uh, but then COVID happened, and then ever since then, I've been trying to hit as many shows as I can. Um, Aqua Show Orlando is coming up here soon, so I'm pretty excited ah, about that.
0: Interesting. So h- how far uh, will you be traveling to uh, to shows? Will you be going up to New York? Will you be going out to California? Or are you going to just kind of—
1: I'm planning on going, trying to go to those shows, yes.
0: Oh, cool. I might see you in New York then at the uh, Reef of Palooza. Sweet. And I might come try down and visit you guys uh, in April. I, I came last uh, last April before we started working there to uh, to visit you, uh, visit Chris and, and, and whatnot. But uh, thinking about making another trip uh, down there, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty special place. For Sure. Leva, you want to uh, give us kind of a walk around in terms of what else you got going on there?
1: Yeah, I can do that. No problem. Show you guys around as smoothly as I can. So this right here. Is actually my wife's tank. Um, it's a little nano tank, uh, just some zoanthids, cyphastria, lobos, and some blastos. Um, pretty simple. Um, that's actually a relatively new tank that was just set up recently here. Look in here real quick and show you what's going on. This is my little frag tank. I believe it's about 30 gallons.
0: That's a nice-looking frag tank.
1: Yeah. Just got some assorted frags in there, anywhere from zoas uh heliopora xenia just some simple stuff right now because it's relatively new as well flipping around to the small nps tank um right now i actually got a little toadfish in here underneath um then we got some leptogorgias i've collected um not too far from here some snake polyps and then some manila gorgonians um right now it's pretty simple um this is this tank's actually been up for about six months now it was the first tank i set up since i've been down here uh, but once I got the 75-gallon up, it's out in the living, so I really wanted to focus on that, getting that up and running and looking really nice. Um, but, yeah, I definitely plan on starting to add a lot more stuff to that here shortly. Um, and then we got my little um, Pico tank. This is uh, just a freshwater nano tank now, uh, just some simple Tetras and a little beta in there. So, um, yeah, for that, that's what I have right now, and that's all I'm allowed. Um I'd have more tanks if it was my way. But.
0: <laughs> it, it, so did, did most of these tanks come with you from Michigan, or are these like uh, new tanks?
1: So this tank, uh, the stand came with me, but I got a new tank. Um, my old tank was an old Oceanic, and it was starting to have seal issues right before I left, mm-hmm. so I decided just to swap it out. Um, the Oceanic was definitely, I really missed that tank, though. It was such a beautiful tank. Um, the NPS tank, yes, that did come with me. That used to be actually my little Caribbean tank up north. Uh, the new little Fluval flex over here that my wife has, that's new. Um, and the frag tank I purchased from a friend down here, so.
0: And, uh, so if, if you could, uh, squeeze another tank in there, what would that look like?
1: I'm not even sure. I got so <laughs> many ideas on what <laughs> other tanks I could do, but.
0: So, all right, listen, you're, you're a young guy, Right and um it, it, you know this can be an expensive hobby right i mean you could you, you know yeah. that right because you could spend a lot of money in equipment you could spend a lot of money in corals but you're uh, you got a good job there so i'm sure you can get a good deal on on corals with uh, with with, with oh, yeah. chris but um so how have you been able to afford to keep all those tanks any any tips for folks that are on a tight budget that uh, are are budget conscious for reef keeping
1: um. Uh, I'd say look for sales. I mean, a lot of this stuff was easily purchased by me. I used to work at a uh, fish store up in Michigan. although This fish store is actually in Indiana. But um, I was able to get some things at a better price through them. That made it a lot easier. Um, I was able to pay cheaper pricing, obviously. And that was pretty much, honestly, how I could afford a lot of what I had. Um, As far as for not having much money and being able to stay in this hobby, I'd say just be smart start start like personally i try to save up for the best equipment that i can um obviously you can't always afford the best it really depends on what you're making and such uh but i mean you got to do it like try to do it with what you can i mean what, what like with what you can afford
0: yeah you know i've um i've always found a, a great way to um acquire you know corals is uh through trades you know if if you have um you know you got a frag tank there and you got frags growing out and stuff like that so it's always it's always cool to um to be able to make trades that way you don't have to um actually spend money which is uh which is kind of neat so if like you got you got some stuff and and a buddy's got some stuff and you can do a swap and and um you know i mean i used to go to all these frag swaps and stuff like that and that was like a lot of fun but um Maybe not so much, uh, that doesn't go on as much uh, these days uh, as it has in the, uh, in the past, but I, I know that's one way to, uh, sure. to save money. And I guess, uh, you know, another is to, um, <clears throat> if you have a lot of, um, you know, one type of coral to go into a local fish store and you can bring it, bring it in for store credit. But, you know, the thing there is that um, you're usually probably just getting, uh, you know, 30 cents on the dollar. When you're yeah, uh, bringing sure. stuff into an LFS, but it, you know it is a good way to um, to try to like um, build up some store credit or something like that. If you've got a lot of yeah. something, you yeah. know I've got a um, I'm I'm um, gonna redo my 187 gallon tank. It's an SPS dominant tank, and I've got like a bed of zo- zoanthids on two beds of zoanthids on the floor of this tank that I'm just gonna like get rid of. So uh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of local fish stores up here in uh, in Vermont. But, um, I, uh, I has, I, I got to try to figure out some stuff, try to, uh, try to move, yeah. move some of that, uh, extra coral, but, um, yeah, sure. yeah you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of like, um, be a little ingenuitive in, in terms of trying to like, um, do some budget conscious uh, stuff. And then I guess always another good way to, um, try to save money is to do it yourself type of stuff. Do you, uh, do you, yep. uh, a, a do it yourself kind of a reef keeper or not so much?
1: Um, when i first started for sure um i had a whole bunch of nano tanks i was doing like hang on the back filters and under gravel filters like that's how i pretty much started out just cheap and easy i mean it was stuff that my fish store didn't even want they were like yeah you can just take it like they, they don't even want that in their store anymore um that's pretty much how i started was just a real budget reefer and then honestly i grew from there and like honestly sponsors help out a lot I mean, if you're able to acquire sponsors, it, it definitely, if it wasn't for sponsors, I wouldn't be where I am today, if I'm honest with you.
0: That's, I mean, that's really impressive, man, because uh, I didn't have any sponsors for a very long time when I was a uh, reef keeper, but uh, it's a different age today, right? I mean, you're on Instagram and, and you know, putting yourself out there. You've got a YouTube channel. <clears throat> so I guess Reef Nutrition just kind of um, reached out to you and, and that was, you know, that's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, before the show, you and I were talking about uh, live streaming, and you were saying that you do a lot of um, live streaming on uh, on Instagram, and you did you did one live stream, you told me where you, you did one in conjunction with ORA, right?
1: Yeah, ORA, I've done quite a few with a bunch of other different companies and other people in the hobby. And you
0: guys had really? 500 simultaneous viewers for that one uh, live stream. It's like, yeah, man, that I'm that doing something wrong here, because <laughs> <laughs> 500 simultaneous. Yeah,
1: that was probably the highest views i've ever had like right on a live video that was pretty amazing
0: on on instagram Whoa. maybe i gotta yeah. maybe i gotta take this show to instagram i don't know <laughs> hey folks um if, if you want to ask uh, levi any questions feel free to uh drop them in the uh, in the comments in the chat there and um yeah so listen let's 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 get back a little bit in terms of how you got started this thing did anybody um uh, you know inspire you what um kind of like got you um you know, motivated to start a tank and such an,
1: so I was, li- I was sitting on YouTube one day. I had a few freshwater tanks at this time and I saw George Coralfish 12 G. Uh, I started watching his videos and I, it got me real yeah. into, um, the hobby. Like I was like, wow, I really want to jump into this. Like this looks amazing. I started doing a lot of research. I mean, personally I've liked, like the ocean for so long. I've been to Puerto Rico once and that kind of really got me going on salt water. Um, like ever since then, I've been just jumping in the saltwater. Saltwater has honestly changed my life. Obviously, um, like I've just been inspired by George. I started reading a lot of Julian's books on corals and such. That that really got me inspired. So it's it's been a long I've, fun I've, road.
0: You're, you're so you're down in Florida. Have you ever met Julian? Yes, I have. Yeah, I'm actually going to have him and um, Charles Delbeek on the show next week. So um, awesome. yeah, oh, okay. So you've met Julian. Yeah, he's he's an awesome guy for sure
1: lots of knowledge
0: yes yes really need to uh to, to take all that in he's uh he's pretty incredible i remember um i think the first time i met julian was was many many years ago at a um at a show in chicago it's a show that they no longer do and um he used to have a a, a monthly column in the fama magazine i don't know if you ever um knew what fama the freshwater and marine aquarium magazine. Which uh, is no longer um, uh, in circulation, it's not being published anymore, but um, so he had a um, he had a column where he answered people's letters questions from letters, and I wrote him a letter, and not, not expecting it to be answered you know in, in the magazine, but he um, yes. he actually answered my question I forget what my question was about, but um, yeah, so that was kind of like thrill, and then I then I met him at this uh, conference, and and um, really uh, was uh, just very fortunate to uh, be able to meet the guy and, and uh, uh, carry on that uh, that uh, relationship. But um, so yeah, it's um it's so, uh, Coral uh, uh, Georgia the twelve G and um, Julian. What about um, anybody else? Was anybody in your family like into uh, keeping aquariums? Fish tanks
1: um ever since i was young my dad had fresh water tanks in the house and i started getting the salt water and then he ended up getting his own salt water tank down in um, the dining room so he got into it and now he's pretty hardcore into it himself now too so it's been cool kind of watching him kind of learn from me and such it's been a pretty amazing experience
0: so we got randy peterson we are proud of you son that uh that's my dad that's yep. your dad and uh, Scotty Damron's asking, "What part of Michigan are you from?" I've got family all over Lower West Michigan, Homer, Albion, Jackson, Lansing area.
1: Um, south, a little bit southwest of Kalamazoo, Michigan.
0: All right, we got. Um, keep the questions coming, folks. Uh, Star City Reef. Uh, what's Levi's favorite LFS in Indiana?
1: Local fish store. I'd probably have to say where I used to work, uh, Divine Aquatic Supply.
0: Divine Aquatic Supply. Is that a um, freshwater and saltwater uh, LFS?
1: Yeah, they do fresh and salt and then they do a lot of acrylic work as well as maintenance.
0: Yeah, is that any is, was was that something that you <clears throat> got involved with when you were working for the uh, for the fish store did you have to go out of maintenance calls?
1: Uh, yeah, I did a lot of maintenance, yes. That was pretty fun.
0: Talk to us about maintenance calls. What's that all about?
1: Um, So I had a few pretty much assigned to me that I went and did every week. Uh, We got a few emergency calls every so often It were either tearing down tanks or someone's tank was leaking and you had to go fix it or see what you could do to handle the problem. Um, A lot of my maintenance calls pretty much just going out cleaning someone else's fish tank or a business um, for say cleaning their glass doing a water change making sure their tank is up to par uh, for their audience that's coming into their business and such, to uh, also give your business that you're working for a good name. So,
0: what was like the worst tank you ever had to take care of?
1: Oh, man. so <laughs> we had this tank that my coworker took care of before me, and um, there's this huge snowflake eel in there, and no one really liked him because he's just a jerk, and we were always worried that he'd bite someone because he was that kind of eel mm. and my uh co-worker got bit Ooh. by that eel and then after that um he's like yeah i'm not doing that job anymore that's yours <laughs> so yeah ever since then i started taking care of that that was that was pretty fun though i mean i really enjoyed it and there are certain times where it's like oh i gotta go again like <laughs> cleaning tanks honestly is one of the my least favorite parts of the hobby but it was definitely enjoyable getting to see other people's tanks and being able to take care of them
0: Um, We got another question here um, from. Oh, I I lost the question here. Oh no, here we go. Um, Something about what's your favorite uh, piece of coral that you have, Levi? This is from um, MP. I can't even pronounce that. The whole bunch of uh, MP (laughs) Cladion. What's your favorite piece of coral? Favorite piece
1: of coral that you
0: have right now. Mm,
1: That's a hard one. That's a really hard one, actually. Yikes. I'd probably say my giant split pore Gorgonian that I collected. It's one of my favorites.
0: So can you frag these uh, NPS corals?
1: Um, Yeah, I've fragged NPS in the past. I do a lot of fragging with these uh, photosynthetic Gorgonians as well. Um, they can tend to be a little bit challenging. you got to do use the right tools and you got to do it just right and have the right type of frag plug for them to be successful with them.
0: So do, I, I'm assuming that um, you need to have like a, um, you know, not strong circulation. you got to have kind of like gentle flow in a, an, an NPS tank?
1: Not the case with mine. Oh, really? Uh, my NPS tank up north for sure. I had so much flow in that tank, like the gores were whipping back and forth. Um, with this tank specifically mm-hmm. behind me, um, there's a certain spot in the keys that I like to uh, snorkel Um, that I try to mimic with this tank and I mean the gorgs where I snorkel are going back and forth with the tide and such Um, so I try to mimic that the best I can Um, when I'm purchasing corals and when I have corals coming in I try to do as much research as I can and where they actually come from Um, as well as when I'm collecting like gorgonians and such I like try to place them in the aquarium kind of similar to like the flow and how they were placed in the ocean Um, just Try to mimic their natural environment as much as I possibly can.
0: So it's like a lot of random type of flow. Is that what? Um, yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Do you, um so in, when you uh, when you're feeding, do you turn off the um, the circulation? Do you turn off the recirculating pumps in the uh, the aquarium, or do you let them go? And
1: so um, when I'm feeding, a lot of the times I actually just leave the pumps on when I'm broadcast feeding. Um, towards usually the evenings, I like to turn them off and kind of just make sure all the corals are getting fed, like I'd like them to be. Uh, just to be safe. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy actually turning off the pumps towards the end of the evening. Um, and just kind of watching the polyps come out and feed like crazy. I mean, it's pretty amazing.
0: Do you, uh, do you turn off your skimmer when you're feeding?
1: I do not have a skimmer on the Oh, stage.
0: right, right. No skimmer. Yeah. All right. So that makes it easier. Yes. So you think you're going to uh, add a skimmer down the road or you think it's just uh, pretty well in balance without one at this point with the scrubber i mean
1: it's in balance right now without it i mean eventually as i start to add a few more fish and some more coral it might be necessary down the road but i mean so far the scrubber is taking care of a good majority of what needs to be done
0: so uh Dottie's adventures is asking what do you do if you lose power
1: that's it's not fun um <laughs> right now i'm looking at trying to find a little generator or something or some type of battery backup um because honestly we lose power quite a bit down here um especially during like hurricane season and just random power outage we had one the other day just flicker for a little bit um but yeah um with this tank i mean with all my tanks with power outage, what i do is i have bubblers right now um if the power if i know it's going to be out for quite a long time i do bubblers and if it comes down to it, I walk around and try to aerate the water, uh, the best that I can, just to keep oxygen flow. Because I mean, that's that's key, um, especially pH. I mean, um, once your tank's stagnant, and there's no lights. I mean, your pH will start dropping without the photosynthesis. Um,
0: yeah, you could you could pick up a um, you know gas power generator for not that much money. You know, yeah. I mean, you do have to be there to to start them, but um, sure. it could uh, it could definitely you know save you in terms of uh, but yeah you know I mean obviously if you're going for uh, several hours without power you're okay I guess when you start getting over eight hours or ten hours or something like that then yeah. you got to be uh, worried and especially like in Florida when you've got some heat and all that stuff yeah for sure you know in, in the uh, in the summertime um, yeah I actually have well you know I've got like uh, I've got a lot of um, invested in my uh, my systems and whatnot so I've got a full house Backup automatic generator, plus I've got a portable propane generator just in case the full backup yeah. um, house generator uh, goes on the fritz. And, and that actually happened to me once when I was in Connecticut. We had a, uh, we had a full backup uh, generator and, and it had a catastrophic failure. So, and, and um, luckily I had uh, gotten rid of my reef tank about three weeks before that happened. So oh, okay. I, um, I lucked out, but, uh, yeah, it's always, I, it's always good. I always uh, think it's important to have kind of that, uh, plan in place in case you do, uh, lose uh, power. It definitely. could, uh, it could definitely be a, uh, a drag. Um, what about, uh, bacteria? Do you dose any bacteria to that tank?
1: Um, I've done bacteria in the past. Um, I started with the Hydrospace, uh, PNS ProBio. Um, I've used that quite a bit. Um, and I've noticed a lot of success with that um, in feeding corals. Um, not just that, but it actually helped a lot with the uh, diatom issue in mm. this tank. Um, the bacteria t- t- tended to take care of that real well. I, after I started dosing that in this specific tank with the diatoms, I mean, the diatoms wiped out real quick. So that was pretty amazing.
0: You, uh, do you have RODI water? Have you using that and all that?
1: Yes, I use RODI. Yep, yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I, I started doing some bacteria dosing, and th- this past summer I've been I've been dosing the uh, Brightwell's Microbacter 7 and okay. and clean, and um, yeah, I like it, you know. I um, I used to use a um, um, Kato on both systems, but I'm like running my systems without any Kato. I'm just dosing the bacteria, and it just seems to be keeping nutrients in check, and um, corals are looking great, so, hey. Eh. awesome. I guess it's 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 past an experiment experiment now since I've been doing it since last summer. Um, yeah. So, in, in terms of the lighting for an NPS tank, do you really have to have crank out a lot of PAR? Is it uh, are they low light corals?
1: Um. So a good portion of the corals. Um. Well, this tank specifically, a lot of this is photosynthetic. But like with the other tank and my tank up north and such. Um. The only time I actually really had the lights on uh was when i was taking pictures or like if i was home throughout the day i had them on for a little bit just so i could like actually look into the tank and see the holes um the one real struggle with not having the lights on very much was like the ph and the nps system it was definitely hard um to keep the ph at a stable level because like not much photosynthesis is happening because those corals are non-photosynthetic so it's definitely a challenge learning like how to handle that um, I started using, like, pH buffers, alkalinity buffers and such, and that tended to help out a lot. Um, and Chris gave me a few ideas to help out with that as well. Um, as far as, like, with the skimmer that I used to have on that specific system, uh, having a tube, bringing in air from outdoors, that actually helped out quite a bit. Um, but other than that, uh, I ended up maintaining it pretty well, and it, it fared well. So
0: He hasn't talked you into the uh, cough washer uh, dosing yet?
1: I thought about starting doing that. Kind of want to get in the groove of things first before I jump onto something new. Um, But yeah, for sure, I'm definitely thinking about starting that down the road here
0: soon. So are you doing any uh, calcium and alkalinity um, supplementation at this point, or you don't need to?
1: Um, Right now in this specific system, yes. I am using a um, two-part. I use Two Little Fishy Sea Balance, and as well as if I run out of that and I don't have anything, I use Ocean's Blend
0: so um sammy31d is asking what's element tracking like in an nps only system
1: i mean pretty much just tried to keep my like with the water changes a lot of that stayed pretty stable um a lot of the gorgonians were the only things i really noticed that actually used up a little bit of calcium to grow um a lot of the other stuff a lot of the elements stayed relatively stable Uh, a little bit of magnesium was used but not too much um I mean there's a few corals I noticed quite a bit of growth with the chili corals I mean a lot of my NPS corals were soft corals so I mean there wasn't too much calcium like exchange like being used and such um there's a little bit like I said with the water changes it stayed pretty neutral
0: have you done any uh ICP tests on a tank like that or is that something that you don't think is necessary I did
1: not I've never done an ICP on my uh, tank up north that I have with the full-blown NPS um, I've done a few on here um a lot of the elements, like I said, super stable on this system the last few times I've done an ICP. So.
0: Talk to us about the, um, the sand bed. Do you do anything to, um, to maintain that or do you kind of like have a, uh, a, you know, a sand sifting crew in there that does the work for you?
1: Um, in this specific tank, I do not have much that messes with the sand. I mean, the urchins tend to t- turn it over as they're walking along. Um, and then you have a couple little flounders in here that flop the same. Oh, really?
0: Way. Oh, yeah. awesome. I love flounders.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're pretty amazing. I like them. Um, yeah. I mean, the wrasses bury every so often. I mean, that stirs it up. Other than that, I don't do too much with the sand bed. Um, I mean, personally, I've never really done too much. I mean, I've heard of people like siphoning their sand bed and stuff. I have not done that myself because uh, I'm not entirely sure what exactly would happen. So,
0: so um... Any uh, any interest in doing something besides like an NPS tank, like maybe a mixed reef or SPS dominant reef down the road? Or are you just really digging the whole NPS thing right now?
1: I mean, I love NPS. I've always loved NPS since, I, like I said, since I first bought that Gorgonium back at Um, I mean, that's pretty much why I call myself the Oddball Reefer. I like a little bit of everything and just odd things, which people would say. Um, I mean, with my wife's mixed reef, I mean, it's a little nano tank right now. I mean, eventually I'd like to do something a little larger uh, with mixed reef, maybe a little bit of SPS in there as well, um, not in that specific tank. If we get a larger one, I'd definitely like to jump in a little more of that because Chris has been pushing SPS on me, so I'd like to give it a shot here soon. Uh,
0: so Slick Reefing is asking, Levi, would you consider using cleaner clams behind the overflow as a pre-filter when you decide to add more livestock?
1: I thought of that on my old NPS tank. I actually used uh, Pacific oysters in my sump. Um, that actually helped out a lot by keeping the water clear and a lot of the detritus and food a lot, that was left over that went down the sump. But actually, like it kept my tank really clear. Um, I really like the Pacific oysters. I like to get some. I don't know about Pacific. I'd like to try to stay Caribbean if I can find some type of oyster or something that would filter in the sump.
0: I love the fact you got flounders in that tank man. I um I I've I've, uh, I've seen like small baby flounder up like in Massachusetts on on the uh, on the coastline there and they're so freaking cool to have and uh, I I think I actually saw somebody um you know with like a mixed reef have some flounder in that uh, in that tank do they um, require anything specific in terms of I mean cooler cooler temperatures for flounder or are they uh, can they handle uh,
1: not these ones specifically I got a buddy that goes out and he's able to collect um, a bunch of different kinds of things and I'm able to purchase a few things here and there from him. Um I mean these flounders specifically I keep this tank at around 77 degrees um, Tampa Bay or wherever they were collected In this area, I mean, it goes up and down right now. It's right around, it's in the low 60s right now. Uh, It gets pretty cold during the winter, but during the summer, the bay gets really hot. So, I mean, this specific species that I believe I have um, is able to fluctuate at temperatures pretty well.
0: What about a, uh, like a little stingray or something like that? Is that um, something you can put in there?
1: If this tank was bigger, I definitely consider it. Uh, I probably want to get like a yellow Florida ray. Um, I mean, this tank would have to be like probably four or five times the size before I consider it a stingray. But definitely, if I'm able to down the road have a very large tank, I definitely. Yeah. So what what,
0: what does the uh, the dream tank look like?
1: Big, <laughs> um, natural, and natural meaning like oh.
0: similar to what you got going on there.
1: Yes. Wow. Like. Like, with this, like I said, with this specific tank, I got this certain area that I like to smoke that I try to, like, just picture my head as I'm, like, placing things in here. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what I go for. Um, like I said, if I was my, – my drink tank is huge. I mean, natural. I'd like to do a huge gorgonian forest with a big sand bed with stingrays and a lot of other larger fish. Yeah, you should
0: get, like, those uh, – what do they call those, like, little eels that uh, can, um, you know, hang out. I guess you need, like – a bit of a deeper sand bed, like they're, they're small garden, garden eels. eels. Yeah. Those are so cool. Oh
1: yeah. Those are amazing.
0: Those are really cool. I had a, um, an LFS when I used to live in uh, Connecticut. Um, Greenwich Aquarius is still around, I believe. Big, uh, show tank, like 500 gallon show tank, SPS dominant, but it was also like kind of like, um, other stuff in there, mixed reef, but he had like a whole ton of these garden eels in there and it was so, nice. so cool. Just, they're, they're
1: pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Really uh, pretty, Pretty neat. I've even seen people with uh, horseshoe crabs, I think, in, uh, in in tanks, but that would kind of get me a little uh, worried. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had thought about doing that. I mean, since they are native to like the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean, um, but I've kept them in the past in like my uh, tide pool tank that I used to have with North, but they plow through the bed and they like a lot of my gorgs are actually planted um, below the sand on like a plate. Um, like a clay plate. Uh, and that's pretty much how I hold them down on word. If I get one of those, you'd probably end up knocking them loose and making them fall over and such. But yeah, that'd definitely be a cool addition if I had a way larger tank.
0: Yeah, Marcus Reeves is asking, what other fish would be in that dream tank?
1: If it was big enough, I'd do a big school of look downs.
0: Ah, those are neat. Um,
1: yeah, I've always been fascinated with those. Let's see what else. Steam rays. Um, definitely. If it was big enough, probably like a French angel, a queen angel.
0: Yeah. Um, yep. Those are uh, those like, are Caribbean fish, right? Yep.
1: Yep. Not entirely sure what else. I mean, I haven't really thought about exactly what I want to do with a, like that larger tank down the road. I mean, that'd be amazing to be able to. Well, just, that's you
0: know, the uh, that's the thing with this hobby. It's a bit of an addiction, and uh, you know, oh, typically yeah. you just keep For going sure. bigger and bigger and bigger. But I've gotten to the point where I'm um, I'm pretty much hit my uh, ceiling in terms of big tanks. Yeah, and uh, my biggest is a 225 gallon tank. So, um, yeah, I'm good. You know, the the, the yeah. biggest part <laughs> is like actually getting the tank into the house. That's oh uh, yeah, sure. That's the most um, I think stressful part for me. And I've had some interesting uh, times in terms. You know, I live up in Vermont, and um, it's uh, a couple of times I've had to uh, have tanks uh, brought into the house when it's been snowing out. And that's yeah. uh, that's interesting because I live off of a dirt road yeah yeah um all right so uh levi talk to us about aci aquaculture what it's what's it like working for chris and amanda
1: it's amazing yeah um unpacking corals is probably one of my favorite things to do uh just you wrote really, like i mean sometimes we get a general idea of what's coming in but a lot of the time especially on indonesian shipments i mean you're just unbagging corals and you just are so curious when you're unbagging, like what are they going to look like under blue lights like that's pretty much what I'm always thinking. Like, this coral is going to look amazing. Like, it, you just never know. It's so cool. You get to see a lot of different species coming in through the doors. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I really enjoy it.
0: What's, uh, so, what's a typical day for you look like in terms of what you're doing there?
1: Uh, a typical day um, right now is pretty much going. I do a little bit of dosing in the morning with a few uh, things that Chris has me do, or has me does. Um, and then I do, I uh, change the filter socks. Um, I do a few other things. I pull orders, I help pack orders, um, I help with the shipping, like making sure everything's good to go. Uh, I do a lot of uh, husbandry. I go around the tanks, looking in the tanks, making sure the corals are growing really well, and if there's issues addressing them The Chris and Amanda. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what I do on a daily basis. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. It's pretty fun. I mean, there's always something new every day it's something different I
0: mean I really enjoy that man I, right I don't you know I don't know how you uh it, 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 it does sound like a dream job because when I was down there visiting <clears throat> ACI you know last uh, last spring I was like my jaw was hitting the ground the whole time it was like it was like a kid in a candy store you know it's like <laughs> oh, yeah. man I can only imagine when you get a shipment in what that's like it's oh, like yeah. Christmas
1: Pretty
0: every yeah. every week is that when you guys are getting shipments in every week
1: oh um, it really depends I mean yeah, we've gotten. An, it averages probably at least once a week, um, and there's been times where we've gotten like three or four shipments in one week. I mean, it really depends. So,
0: so um, three things you've learned. Three. I'm just making sure I put the right number of fingers. Three things you've learned at ACI since you started working there. What would you uh, say are some of the, the lessons that you? Three
1: things I learned. I don't know, I've learned a lot more about different species of coral than what I didn't know before I moved down here. I mean, there's a lot more coral that I didn't even really know existed because I was so focused on like non photosynthetics and just different things that I was interested in. It's, it's cool to see like what other people are interested in, like what different corals people enjoy. I mean, there's so much diversity in this hobby. It's just, it's amazing. I really like seeing what other people are into and what they think of like what I like. Um. As far as things I've learned, that's a good thing I've learned. Um, packing, I've learned how to pack corals really well. I mean, it's pretty amazing on how much you can fit into a box and make it weigh just right for that specific. Yeah, box what, what are what I are
0: what are uh, what are some tips in terms of packing corals? You know, I mean, you're probably packing some uh, some some both frags and colonies, right? I mean, uh, yeah. is it uh, mm-hmm. do you have to pack with a certain amount of oxygen for the larger uh, colonies, or, or are
1: you? It really. Like, depends on the corals. Obviously, acros, euphilia, you give them quite a bit of oxygen. Um, It depends on certain species of coral. A lot of the frags, I mean, you're pretty okay with, just pretty much bagging them up yeah. and sealing them off. Yep. I mean, a lot of, like, the stuff is overnight. Um, so, I mean, it usually does just, just fine. Um, but, yeah, with a lot of the bigger colonies and fragile colonies, you got to, like, make sure they're, like, nice, tight, sealed, comfortable, and, like, a decent-sized bag to where they're not, like, banging around and smashing um into pieces i mean i mean it's definitely a challenge i mean like i said it really depends on the coral that you're packing i mean there's so much diversity you just gotta each is different you just gotta be careful and make sure you're bagging it just right.
0: yeah you know in in terms of uh when you guys are shipping out stuff what um what, what what's your kind of um procedure in terms of your when you're shipping to cold areas or when you're shipping to you know other hot areas besides florida you know what at, at what point in time you know, do you guys, uh, you know, need to put heat packs in and, and, and cold packs? Is that um, something you guys look at both ends of the, uh, you know, wh- the temperature the weather that it is in Florida versus where it's going to, and you kind of make that determination?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Chris and my manager pretty much do that for us um, while we're out in the farm doing some other things before we start packing, like, the orders into the boxes and such. I mean, they look where they're going, what the temperature is there. And they kind of judge where we're here to kind of judge, like, what size heat pack to put in or, like, how many, like, ice um, packets to put in just to make sure it stays at a moderate temperature so the corals don't get stressed or die. So, yeah,
0: you know, I, I definitely find uh, corals be very uh, resilient. But, um, yeah, there are, I think, certain things that, um, you know, in, in, if they get in, into any extreme conditions, then that uh, could not be a... Uh, uh, a good thing all right so other things you've learned at uh aci marcus reef uh said uh, i bet learned a little about a little bit about ph
1: oh yeah ph is a big thing at aci i mean chris really stresses on that and i mean i've learned that ph is a very 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 important um parameter in your aquarium and ever since i've been down here i've been really focusing on mine as well just making sure that ph is as stable as i can keep it um yeah, we're really going to haul on pH at ACI. Um, I mean, it's very, like I said, it's very important. Chris makes sure, like we have tridents on pretty much every, we do have tridents on every system just to like monitor it. We're constantly testing it with different probes and such, just to like make sure we're at a good area. I mean, like I said, it's very, very important. Um, and I've noticed differences in my tank when it fluctuates. When I first started out with this specific tank, it fluctuated a lot. And I was really struggling, like, try to keep it balanced, and then I found that happy medium. So.
0: Oh, okay. So basically, what you learned about the pH, you kind of like brought it home to uh, to your 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 Caribbean tank.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Any uh, anything else in terms of what you learned there that you've kind of um, changed your reef keeping habits as a result of what you've been um, doing at ACI?
1: Um, I definitely noticed like a lot with ACI and like the ICP test specifically. I'm learning how important like certain like minor trace elements are like certain minor trace elements affect how corals look they affect how like, much, like how blown up they are how like their polyp extension i mean there's a lot of like elements that actually play key roles in the keeping your corals healthy i mean i never really focused much on minor trace elements before working with aci and it's that de- i've definitely learned how important like they are in the
0: reef aquarium yeah no, know for sure absolutely it's um it's definitely an important part of uh you know the, it depends on the kind of tank you're keeping but uh yeah, it does play a big role um absolutely um okay question any inside secrets that you know of uh, marcus reef is wondering i'm uh, wondering about anything that uh you could pass along that that might be uh you don't you don't have to answer that question if you don't want to
1: no, tr- I, know, I know chris say, is like, very
0: transparent so i'm sure uh you know
1: so is he talking about like secrets from me myself on my specific i guess the a- aci
0: aquaculture like- any secrets uh, man, i'm assuming that's a uh, what Marcus reef is asking but um uh,
1: i'm not really supposed to share too much
0: <laughs> all right keep it on the down low then <laughs> all right man i'm gonna ask you a am uh, gonna ask you a generic question and um you know this is a question that uh, you'll probably get on Future job interviews down the road. If you're out in any job interviews, but where do you see yourself? In, uh this is, this is a corny question, but where do you see yourself in five years from now? What would uh, what would you what would you say?
1: I mean, it really depends. I mean, right now, I mean, like ACI, like growing through that company, or like I—that's a hard question to answer. It really is. I mean,
0: I hate that question myself, so I apologize for asking it. But uh, no, you're fine. I just, <laughs>
1: Obviously, I definitely see myself still in this hobby, uh, growing, uh, keeping my passion. Uh, that's very important. I mean, there's so many different aspects of this hobby that, like, different roads open, doors open, doors close. I mean, it really depends. Like, I still see myself in this hobby. I still see myself super passionate about what I love and what I do. I mean. That's a really hard question to fully like say what I, what I see myself doing. I just see myself still working with corals, like still doing what I love every day. That's what I see myself doing. Good
0: answer, good answer. Um, so all right, we've sort of talked about this, but maybe I, I need to dig a little bit more. You, so you're you're very well connected at such a young age. You know, you um you've met Julian Sprung. I think he's chimed in on some of your social media. Posts, you know, you, um, I mentioned that you were featured in in Reef Hobbyist magazine. You've already got, you know, um, a sponsor, wrote an article for Reef Builders. How did you, how did you become so well connected at such a young age?
1: I mean, I think a lot of people like saw what I was doing with the, like the NPS tank specifically and like, wow, he's really taking this head on and just diving right into it, super passionate about it. Um, I think that's what kind of gained me a little bit of that. Um, as well as, like, a lot of the times just reaching out, like, asking questions to certain people. I mean, meeting them at shows, like, asking questions. I mean, a lot of what I do in this specific tank here, like, it's pretty, a lot of this specific tank is inspired by my like, out in the, like, out in the wild and simply, like, Julian's from, like, he's loved Gorgonians. I mean, I kind of took off from there, like, liking Gorgonians and such. I mean, like, a lot of it. Like, obviously, Chris Meckley here, getting to know him, um, he he reached out to me a while back and I started asking him questions and me and him started out with a good relationship and, I mean, he he helped me grow through this hobby. Julian's helped me out a lot, uh, learning different things about this specific tank and as well as other things, just simple questions that I reach out to him for. Um, I talk every now and then with uh, Jake Adams, asking him questions. I mean, talking with him about certain things and as well as, like, Chad Clayton asking about like certain foods and such learning about like the foods that I'm using and how like I can use them better and how like how beneficial they are to like specific animals and such.
0: Yeah. You know, I love, uh, the reef nutrition stuff. I've, uh, in the past I've used oyster feast and roadie feast on my, um, SPS dominant tanks and, um, yeah, it's, um, it's good. You know and uh but um yeah corals uh definitely you can kind of see the uh, the feeding response when you're uh, broadcast feeding that stuff and even uh target feeding it um what else man what else do uh, we want to talk about here leave i have i missed anything I mean,
1: I don't
0: anything think so. uh anything else you want to do uh pass along i mean it's just you're a very impressive young uh man very impressive uh reef keeper i um i'm really uh I, I commend you in terms of your um you know your your um passion and and uh, putting yourself out there right i mean you're you're reaching out to some of the um you know very well-known folks out there in the industry and that's the way you know to network is is to uh, is a great way to to learn it's a great way to to make those kind of connections and you know obviously the uh the results are up uh, it's it's paying off for you and so that i think it's pretty freaking awesome
1: 100 mm-hmm. yeah um I mean yeah, i think we pretty much covered everything i mean as far as like personal advice like i try to picture myself as the animal and like how like I always use this slogan like be the fish like I try to picture myself as the animal and how like I'd like to be in that like general area and the like system or such like I personally think placing like colonies especially like with gorgonians uh, and even like Acro colonies and other specific colonies you buy at the store instead of just buying a fragment I mean, the way they're growing I try to place them in the tank where they still continue with that same um growth rate or like the shape of them like just where they were in the current and such i just try to picture myself as an animal and how like where i'd like to be placed and such i mean that's my advice i guess
0: M- misty cox Leva is going to be a force in the industry exclamation point i uh i agree <laughs> i agree um Luis is asking does he use phytoplankton do you use phytoplankton
1: Oh yeah, lots, lots of, of
0: it. What about amino acids? Uh, RC Reefers wondering about amino acids.
1: I not really done much with the amino acids. Um, I mean, a lot of the products that I use are infused with a lot of amino acids and such uh, to help. The reef like, nutrition stuff fix. is right.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I pretty much use their whole lineup of food. Um, that's pretty much all I use in this system. So, and all the other systems.
0: But. Yeah, no, it's impressive that you're not using a skimmer. I guess the scrubber is really doing the uh, the job in terms of pulling nutrients yeah. out. Uh, yeah. One other question was uh, the real question: What does Chris think of your LED choice? RC Reefers wondering.
1: He didn't say too much about it. I mean, he likes metal halides, yeah. and he like people like what they like. Cause I mean, like I said, this is what I could afford at the time. Um, eventually, I like to upgrade. Uh, but right now my corals are happy, and I'd like to use my money elsewhere. For right now, um, yeah, like I said, eventually I'd like to upgrade it to something different. Um, but as far as what he thinks of it, I mean, yeah, he said I should definitely upgrade at some point for <laughs> sure. Um, but I mean, pretty much what he says is as long as your corals yeah, are happy. Yeah, your corals look happy. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty much all
0: the man. Yeah, no, I uh, I love the look of that tank, man. It's it's definitely really cool, one. I can certainly see. A very large tank with, uh, you know, NPS in there and a whole bunch of, like, fish. Those lookdowns are really pretty cool. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I think that would be uh, pretty awesome. Um, another question from Luis. What kind of test kits do you use?
1: Uh, a lot of my testing is done with Salifert test kits, um, or I do ICPs almost every other week. So.
0: And um, Marcus Reap is wondering, maintenance schedule, we talked about water, water changes. With uh, anything else besides that?
1: Pretty much by who water changes. I mean, I uh, clean the scrubber at least once a week, right about um, usually every Friday. I try to clean the scrubber out, uh, clean off the algae so it can. I mean, with the scrubber, I mean, pretty much what's removing nutrients is the algae growing in there. Um, it's just removing the nutrients as it grow. So, I mean, you got to keep that under check. Um, usually every two months, I try to like. Kind of go through and clean all the detritus, go through like the rock and blow all the detritus out of like the little uh, holes and such. um, As well as kind of clean up the sump a little bit uh, with detritus and such.
0: Yeah, you know what I've been doing? And I I got this tip from uh, Mike Paletta. I I take a a power head into both of my tanks, display tanks, every other Mm -hmm. day. And I just spray around the, um, you know, the bottom or the rocks or whatever to kind of get that detritus, uh, you know, suspended so it could get pulled out by mechanical filtration. Definitely, definitely definitely helps definitely helps sure and i think it even um, you know i think the corals like a tip because that detritus is getting suspended yeah. it's kind of like food and uh yeah yeah. Sure. yeah absolutely all right levi well listen i know you got to go back to work tonight to uh to unpack a, a shipment man this was uh this was a lot of fun and uh it was great to uh to meet you on the stream and and perhaps we'll run into uh one another um you know during a during a show yeah yeah so uh for those folks that want to uh check you out on instagram and youtube you it's the uh the oddball reefer right that's how they can find you yep. okay cool all right well listen i uh i want to thank levi very much for uh for being my guest uh tonight on uh, the live stream and i also want to thank again bulk reef supply and ecotech marine for being the sponsors of the uh, show and supporting it and for all you folks that are uh that tuned in and um I also want to make sure that you know that all episodes of Wrapping with Reebum are available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So my next live stream is not going to be Thursday. Next Thursday, it's going to be next Wednesday at, at uh, 7 p.m. February 2nd. This is going to be a very, very special uh, show. We're going to have both Julian Sprung and Charles Del Beacon on together as guests. So. Really excited for this and, and uh, yeah, Levi, you should definitely uh, tune into that one. If you can uh, if you can make I'll it, if, if, you, if you guys don't have a shipment coming in, you know, then, um, but that'll sure be a very is. special episode, so uh, don't miss it. And um, yeah, if you actually want to see all the upcoming guests on Wrapping with Reef Bum, just visit reefbum.com slash wrapping hyphen with hyphen reefbum. That, uh, that is the URL. And upcoming guests include inappropriate reefer, fan from Tidal Gardens, Abe from Coral Euphoria. So I got a lot of great guests coming up uh, in in the next uh, several weeks. Anyway, uh, until uh, next uh, time, be safe, be well, and we will see you on the next live stream. See you.